Hey guys, it's Lauren, and welcome back to another episode of Spill the V. Today I sit down with Catherine McCord, former model turned mom turned entrepreneur, who founded Weelicious, a website dedicated to helping parents expose their children to wholesome homemade food. Let's do it. kind of just want to get into like your background I didn't know you were a model which is cool too <laughs> I mean obviously like looking at you I'm like okay yeah that's this right. makes sense um but if you want to just tell us a little bit about your background um you know how this whole like modeling came to be how you then became a successful entrepreneur and now you have one potato box which is also so cool how much time do we have I mean today? we have time and you do so much so I feel like we should just like get um, into it so when I was 13 years old I was like a big athlete um found out I had cysts in my hips and so like that career was what I thought I was going to do with the rest of my life was be like an incredible basketball player oh my gosh. and that was like taken from me and a friend in my like sort of depression signed me up um for a local the Lazarus model of the year it's like Macy's um and I won um that and then um I went into a local John Casablanca Center and uh, I, to just like take classes, I, I got a coupon in the mail. And the, the woman at the front saw me and she was like, hold on a second, and went to the owner who came in and she was like, I'm going to sign you up for the look of the year. So the look of the year was a show that was on ABC. It's owned by Elite and it was like what beauty pageants are, but for models. You know that, like, my dream in life is to be in, like, a little beauty pageant. Like, Toddlers and Tiaras was my favorite show. Oh, my God. That's it. Well, this was, like, this was much more modeling. I mean, a lot of, like, um, I mean, Cindy Crawford was in it. Uh, Stephanie Seymour. There were, like, a huge, uh, a lot of big models that uh-huh. came out of it. But I did the look of the year. I was the youngest girl. I was 13, just turned 14. Um, uh, George Hamilton was the host for anyone who's, like, you know, knows what that means. And, um, (laughs) and, uh, yeah, so I was like, I was just a baby. And then I went back to school and was, I'm from Kentucky. And so every summer I was either like living in Paris or New York or, and when I was, uh, 17, I was in Miami on a job and Calvin Klein and Patrick DeMarshley saw me walking down the street and were like, you're going to do the Calvin Klein campaign and whisk me off. And sort of the rest was, magazine covers and you know runway and like everything after that insane it was sort of yeah it was sort of dream I mean it was I didn't know because I was just like a a young girl from Kentucky super conservative parents so um but it's yeah so I modeled for many many years that's incredible and then how did you like make this switch into entrepreneur so well being actually weirdly enough like being a model like Mm -hmm. I mean my parents made me save every last penny and you really are like at a very young age you're traveling like two days like all over the world two days here two days there um I was doing Victoria's Secret and doing the runway shows and extra asked me to be they were like looking for correspondence so I became a host like a correspondent for them and ended up getting an agent in LA I auditioned for a show called The Big Moment which like lasted six seasons on ABC and I moved to LA and so I was like modeling and hosting TV shows and acting some always wanted to go to culinary school it was like big bucket dream um grandparents were farmers grew up around like fresh food even when I was traveling modeling I was obsessed with like why people in Mexico like kids ate spicy food and you know like 
why people in India ate like all these amazing different foods. And I just quickly became so obsessed with it that culinary school was just like on my track. And I ended up going to culinary school at night for a year and a half. And then that was it for me. I was like, I don't want to be, an, I don't want this life of like just being an actor and a, it just didn't, it didn't fill my soul, but yet somehow working 16 hours in a kitchen uh, did. And so I just ended up working in a bunch of restaurants and catering companies. That's literally so cool. It was like, fun. That's so cool. Wait, so did you go to culinary school in Los Angeles? I went to culinary school in New York. So cool. I met my husband and he lived in New York. I lived in LA. We went back and forth for five years. So I went to school and I went to the Institute of Culinary Education in New York. I mean, I feel like I would like love to go to culinary school. It's really fun. And yet a lot of my friends yeah. that are chefs, um, even back then I had a bunch of friends that were chefs and they were like, why are you going to go spend all this money going to culinary school? Like just get a job in a kitchen. But for me, I was like, I love food history. I love learning about very specific ingredients and flavor profiles. And like, that's what you get out of culinary school. I mean, dreams. I'm like passionate about noodles, by the way. <laughs> like I am it's so funny. passionate I about Italian it. food. I love But specifically that. spaghetti. I love Just like that. all of it. Are you a thin noodle or are you a I thi- don't, I, I don't discriminate. I love it all. I like literally like love it all. Just one noodles. I just, I crave pasta. I have like a homemade pasta maker that I make. Oh my pasta. God. Oh, I love it. Keep talking. It's, I know. I'm, it's amazing. Um, okay. So I totally understand the whole like wanting to go to culinary school. I feel like I would love that. Um, so you graduate culinary school. Is that how that works? Finished culinary <laughs> you <a> certificate. School. <laughs> yes. You get, you know, get your certificate. Um, finished culinary school, came back to Los Angeles and was working in you know, different restaurants. I had even started. Oh, like, you did end up working in restaurants. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I worked at Patina. I worked at Joe's in Santa Monica. I worked at Montrachet in New York. Uh-huh. So I, I mean, I, you, you know, I That's did cool. my, I did my, I worked in Esca in New York. I, I did my, like my time. Yeah. Um, And then I had my son and I was like, great, I can like, I can make a four star meal, but I have no idea what to feed you this like little thing. And how do I make you a great eater from day one? And it really just like started to impact me. I'd always bought all of our food at the Hollywood Farmer's Market in Los Angeles, like all of our fresh food. And I I just really wanted to figure out, you know, how to make him a great eater. So I started this little blog with my little, little camera and like started taking pictures and it just like ended up growing rapidly because I think that there were so many people who had the same struggle. Um, and it was just, it was hard to find like good recipes and like the psychology behind making, you know, kids great eaters, but like why also making yourself sane as a parent. Like, I love that. It. And so what is the blog called? Weelicious. And what does Weelicious like mean? Because it's so funny because when I think of you, I'm like, oh yeah, Weelicious is coming on my podcast. Well, obviously that's not your name. By the way, <laughs> I mean, we- lots of people call me Weelicious. They'll be like, oh my God, Weelicious. I'm like, my name is Catherine. Um, so we, it, you know, it was like, I bought a ton of URLs over time. Um, but Weelicious specifically is like we and licious. So it's like, like it started out as kid food, but what it's morphed into is much more as we like we the we the people like everyone food so I love that. It, it really is like should I start like delicious yes I love I that I don't know what I would do on it but what I mean that's those what, photos of my noodles by the URL go get the domain <laughs> that's so cool um and then tell us a little bit about well so how long ago did you start the blog it's been a while 
I started it over 12 years ago. Over 12 years ago. So this is kind of before like blogging and this whole like influencer world was a thing. I used to have, I worked with brands that like when I would do Facebook deals and when Instagram started, I would beg them. I was like, please, let's like, let's do something on Instagram. They were like, I don't get it. Wow. So you're kind of at that like forefront of like bloggers. Yeah, I mean, I, I, there are a few people that like we started. I mean, like Reed Drummond, the pioneer woman. She yeah. was like right before me. There were there were a lot of us who were like, I mean, not a lot, but a handful, and I, I, almost all of the like the like OGs are still, you know, still the OGs. I this, love that. You know, the OGs like st- sticking around. That's so cool. Yeah. And so then, at what point, you know, are you doing Wheelicious full time, and you kind of just decide that you want to start this? like family subscription service box well we let just i mean for two years i didn't take any money i mean for me it was so much more mission-based than it was financially based and actually to this day like i mean there are parts of me that i call a non-for-profit because i just want like I, my greatest dream is that everyone like every child can afford good food every family can afford good food that they're eating good food they know the value the kids don't like look at a green vegetable and like like you know that people like love food but like real food right um so i did it for two years but and i was working like 60 hours i was seven days a week which i still basically am but um because you know now it's even worse because of social media like you cannot get away from it um but even at that time like I had dreams of writing a cookbook so I worked on a proposal for a year ended up selling uh, getting a two book deal and wrote... you make it sound so easy <laughs> it was uh, trust me when I it took me a year to write my proposal like if anyone ever wants to have like writing a book proposal and yeah I mean it went to auction it was like a it was a big deal at that time because this was also like one of the first times that like um, people that had like bloggers per se were were writing cookbooks because it was usually just like people wrote cookbooks or people were on TV or people were you know bloggers. There was a there was so much differentiation nowadays. Like anyone celebrities can write cookbooks. Like anyone can do it. So you know it's changed. Uh, the landscape has changed a lot. Um, but then I ended up, you know, like writing the cookbooks. I started working on guys' grocery games. Like, I mean, for me, like any dream I've wanted, I've tried to like somehow turn into a reality or like work on it and focus on it. And so really it's so much of it has also been the audience. So Wheelish's followers kept being like, I've got the cookbooks. I've got the website. Like, just give me the food. And that was really the birth of One Potato. Oh my gosh. So cool. So tell us a little bit about One Potato Box and just how does it how is it different from these other boxes like in the category? Yeah, so, um, you know, a lot when Blue Apron came out on the scene, it was like very much focused on millennials, you know, one, two people in a box. So we were the opposite. We were like two adults and one, two, three, four kids with different eating styles, like but like much more, um, like, you know, not, not necessarily spicy foods, but like flavored foods, DIY, like chicken burrito bowls or salmon bowls or like things that- so hungry. <laughs> I know. Don't stay. We shouldn't stay together too long. We do need to like, let's get some food. Um, But it's, it's food that you like crave. um, And no matter what size family you have, um, all the ingredients are organic. And one potato, like I couldn't survive without it because the difference of like, when you're a single person and you're like, I don't know, do I feel like going out? Do I want fast food? Do I want literally every night? Yeah. It's the, but you have the choice. Like one, I have three kids. kids. Oh my gosh. Yeah. All of a sudden you're like, Hey, I don't want to go out with them. They, 
they don't want to go out. Um, I have, you know, the, the other thing people don't realize is like it being a parent, being any of us, it's 21 meals you are responsible for plus snacks every single week you know, 52 weeks a year. So food for parents never goes away. It's like, and that's why so many parents hate cooking because they, their kids are just like, I don't want this. Mm-hmm. And they'll give you the, like the invisible middle finger. And mm-hmm. you're like, and that's why also parents brag when they're like, Timmy loves mushrooms and kale. But I love you. We laugh so hard. I oh my gosh. Yeah, my mom used to be like, she's like, Lauren loves the baby trees. Like the, <laughs> the broccoli. Oh, that's sweet. Though. I did like broccoli growing up. And then but let me ask you a question. Like, how did that um inform you as an eater growing up? Like, did you like being that like that your mom said that? I don't know. I don't think so. I feel like it's like weird to be like, Lauren likes baby trees. It's like, mom, stop. You're embarrassing me. I don't know. (laughs) My parents like praised me for it. Like they were always like that I loved mushrooms. Like I loved like like weird foods. Yeah. And so I was like, I almost took it as like a dare. Like, Like, you know. I'll eat anything. You know, like I'll eat anything. Oh, that's my boyfriend. Oliver will literally eat anything. He's my spirit animal. I'm the opposite. I'm like so picky. I love, that's so funny. He's gotten me to like open up a little bit more. So like I, I would consider myself a foodie now. Oh, I'm a proud foodie. <laughs> um, an emerging foodie. An emerging foodie. That's yeah. better. I'm an emerging foodie. So funny. Um, so you've done so much. Can you talk a little bit about Smoothie Project too? Because I feel like that's really important. Right. So um, I take it back to... Speaking of like broccoli and hiding baby trees. Exactly. Exactly. So this, the birth of the Smoothie Project happened... I mean, I swore after I wrote my first two books, I was like, I, it's such an like an arduous process writing a book. I was like, I, I don't know if I'll ever write a book again. And then my, um, my husband was working. Um, he's a filmmaker. And so he was working seven days a week like 16 hour days, not seeing his kids, not exercising, not taking care of himself, feeling like crap. But he would leave, he would make these massive, what I call pond sludge, like 40 ingredient smoothies. And he would just clutch it and he'd be like going to work. And he's like, at least I have my smoothie. It was, it was like very this pitiful. It was very sad. Uh, and then I got pregnant with my second daughter, could not eat. I was so nauseous, so sick, couldn't get anything down. And my midwife was like, you have to eat. She's like, you should really try just like even smoothies. It'll make you feel good. I never had a smoothie. I mean, it wasn't just like, it wasn't part of my rhythm. Um, so I got all these ingredients I, that she had suggested some, I suggested some. And I was like, oh my God, it was the most delicious thing I'd ever tasted. And still to this day, like that smoothie is like still like one of my like go-tos. My son um, became a vegetarian when he was five years old. He just had his 13th birthday. And when he was eight years old, um, he got really, really sick Uh with headaches and nausea. And this persisted for months. And we were seeing all these doctors and nutritionists. And no one could give us any reason to why he was feeling this way. And so, you know, I was reading a lot of books. And I was reading this book um, with this incredible doctor. And and it's called... um, cure your kids with food and there's just like this little line like about smoothies and so the next day I made him this chart with like little pictures of fruits and vegetables and proteins and I handed it to him and I was like look go make it well we'll make any smoothie you want you're in charge you be the boss like in a very wheelicious way like letting kids like leave the charge and the next day he had it he loved it next day and so we did this for several weeks and within several weeks all of his symptoms went away. And so, you know, I chalk it up to the fact that he was a vegetarian and I was starting to just feed him more like, 
you know, unrefined sugars, but still honey maple syrup, cheese, bread. And this was like becoming his diet. Mm. And he really wasn't getting like all the foods that he needed. And I think that as Americans, you know, we're like fast, fast casual, like we're grabbing a muffin, a bagel, a bowl of cereal, but it tends to all be like very white food. And if we start our day with like fruits and vegetables and proteins to like fire our brains and bodies, you'll do one of two things. You'll like high five yourself and keep it going all day because you're like, yo, I feel so good. My stomach is all flat. I, I just feel good. Or you're going to be like, great, I'm going to now have mac and cheese and chocolate because I had my fruits and vegetables. So it really is like a win-win. That's so crazy. That's so interesting. I always say I feel like food is medicine. Yeah. It's crazy. Or like what you put into your body just like, I don't I totally believe in that totally. stuff. Wow. That's incredible. I can't believe how much you've done too. Like this is just crazy. I feel like you're like mom of the year uh, well I don't know uh, but century. I mean but I do feel like I'm lucky that like my kids know that like even when I go to work like I love so much of what I do and I don't know how many people like you know it's it's great to be able to say like I love what I do yeah so I kind of want to go back a little bit because you said something along the lines of like anything that you really wanted in life you just like made it happen mm-hmm. so I'm a really big believer in manifestation is I that something that you kind of attribute your success to like how do you make these things happen? I think manifestation is actually an interesting word because I think we, we, you can, I think people think that manifesting something means it's going to happen mm-hmm. immediately. And for me, like I've always said, like no job is a waste that like, I'm, I mean, like I made corsages when I was 13 years old, like a, a florist. Like I had, I mean, all the little jobs that I've done in my life have led me to where I am today. And I think that if you really do like vision boards, I think vision boards are amazing, like manifesting, like this is what I want. And I don't know if you'll get exactly that, but I do think that you will get a, a form of it in some way that will fill your void that's so yeah that's amazing advice um and then I do have to ask so obviously you know you started out as a model you are on camera a lot are there any kind of unique challenges you face just being a female in this industry I mean I don't even know like is the food industry considered like typically dominated by men? I don't know much about it. No, it's a great question. So I think a lot has happened with me too. I think that um, it's super male dominated, super. I mean, like the stories, like I could share stories of like when I worked in a kitchen and it was like me and another woman and it was just brutal. And that's partially why I got out of it. If I was doing it today, like some of the most badass female chefs out there are women obviously female chefs women um and 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 i it's just amazing i think that the opportunities are so much greater and especially in cooking the playing field is getting so much more level and i think that you saw that you know with um anthony bourdain's book uh i think you've seen it with what's happened you know to mario batali and i just think that at this point in our careers especially as chefs like you're not, people aren't just aren't going to put up with there's a you know a, le- a level of being a misogynist that's just not going to be accepted yeah I love hearing that and too like for me when I grew up I always watched Food Network it was just like my thing but like I grew up watching like amazing female chefs on TV I never like seemed super like male to me yeah. which I think is interesting so I think it's just really interesting to know that like it is very male dominated because I feel like when you like turn on the TV you're like you see all these like pretty chefs like just cooking and a little S&P and you know what I mean oh totally not so. no are you kidding me like when it's some crazy. of my favorite chefs that I work with on guys grocery games are or other shows now um are just like 
incredible. Like they don't hold no prisoner. I mean, they are just tough yeah. in the best way possible. I love it. I love that too. Yeah. Um. So what like advice do you have for just people in general, doesn't have to be women, just growing up and kind of wanting to get into you know, either food or blogging or just, you know, want to be like the super mom. Um, do you have any like unique advice that My, The best advice I was ever given yeah. that I like, I because I think that asking is the hardest thing for for many of us. And you I, look and I at have Lauren, the exact same advice. Yeah, it's, it's like just asking for help or asking for anything. And um, it's, it's that like your mother's brother's sister's friend you ask it does not hurt people sometimes think it's a compliment to be like oh wow you i'm i'm honored you would ask me and people are like my whole thing of being an entrepreneur and a business owner is if you ask me i do because oh, i, I believe that. in karma and i'm just a huge person you know what i mean no, so, i love that i yeah. always say you don't get what you don't ask for totally and i actually felt like growing up for me i mean i'm only how old am i i'm 26 but i mean still relevant like just getting a job after college like asking for help kind of felt like like almost like you were embarrassed I, it was like an embarrassing totally, thing and I don't know why I felt that way is that a female thing or a male thing I wonder sometimes I think it's a female thing I, I don't disagree I with definitely you. do especially like as I kind of you know rise to the top of this like female founder yeah. whatever industry it is like I always say like you know after these podcasts I'm like just dm me like dm our our guests like everyone is willing to help totally. um, but yeah, I was so like embarrassed and nervous for such a long time. And now I'm just like, whatever, you don't get what you don't ask for. Yeah, 100%. And also that like pay it forward. And if I'm successful or you're successful, then that you can help other people. And we're none of us are doing the same thing. There are no two me. There are no two you. Mm -hmm. But if anyone has a product, I'm always like, I will take you for coffee. I'll get on the phone with you. You know what I mean? Like I think that that stuff is so important um, to the next generation of like creating. Because you know, like creating a product is so much work and no one like, you can help someone and have a coffee, but they actually have to do the work. I know. I, I think this is amazing advice. I think that not enough women support women. And sometimes I get like not in trouble for saying this, but it's like, oh, you're calling people out. But it's it's true. And I feel like especially for you, I mean, you have two young daughters. It's like you want to be that like good role model for them. A hundred percent. I mean, I'm always like kindness, mentorship, like it's just, it's essential. There's no, there's no way around it. And women that don't help other women or people that don't help other people, karma's a bitch. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I love that. You are really spilling the V right now. Um, and then I also just wanted to ask you like, what does a typical day look like for you? I know it's probably psycho because you do so much, but like, Maybe like an ideal work day. Um, an ideal work. I mean, it starts at six thirty and it generally ends at midnight. That's um, psycho. That is it. Yeah, yeah that's there's. Psycho. That, I mean, look, there is no me time <laughs> in my life right now. My there is zero me time. Um, but you know what? That's like the place in my life, and I've I've begged for this all my life. I would. I sat in Paris, eighteen years old, by myself in an apartment, and you would think like walking a runway is glamorous, but I would be like in my apartment after that night crying, just be like, I just want a family. I just want to be happy. And I remember that sense memory so deeply that like this is what I manifested. This is what I wanted. I like. You 
know, I'm happily married. I have three beautiful children. I love what I Your do. Your kids are so cute. Aw. And, you know, I mean, look, every day is a shit show. Yeah. It is so, it is, it is a lot. But, um, yeah, I mean, I get up at 630. I'm like, have my smoothie. I'm right to work because my husband takes the kids to school. And I work through, I try to break um, some point during the day if I don't have meetings and, like, pick them up or take them places, whatever. We always have family dinner unless I'm at a work event. Um, and then I put them to bed and I go right back to work till midnight. You don't watch TV at night? I don't. That's uh, my babysitter yesterday was like, will you turn on the TV? And I was like, I don't know how to. That's incredible. Is That's, it? I, I mean, don't know it's if incredible. it's incredible or like during the holidays, I like binge watch like stuff that like whatever, like my husband puts on. But yes. Do you ever watch yourself on TV? Is that a no. weird question? Do your no, kids it's not watch weird. you on TV? We've, we've, I've seen myself once or twice. I'm, I just love doing it. Yeah. I don't, the experience of watching it. I would it is never, never watch myself no, back. A, like get, get ready. No, I, I hate doing it. And even when I like listen to myself after I record a podcast, I'm like, no, like, no, that's, I literally can't totally. do it. I mean, I like love podcasts podcast so much I am a podcast junkie but um, it's all I listen to all day but it's that's me I don't, I don't watch a lot but I listen to a lot yeah I mean podcasts are good I like podcasts podcasts are awesome I know I feel like I should ask you that after what your favorite podcast is oh, um but so okay a few more questions so yes. what comes to mind when you think of self-care because I feel like you're very into what you're putting in your body. But I'm also, at what I put on the outside of my body, I think is really important. I mean, I try to use as many organic products as possible. I mean, it's I'm, it's pretty, I mean, th- th- right now there's so many amazing companies yeah. making like natural-ish products. And I hate that word natural because like in the food world, natural means nothing. Yeah, really? You know, well, no, because if something's natural, like a lot of companies brand like put natural, but yeah. it, it doesn't mean GMO free. It doesn't mean organic. It just means you can just slap the word natural, natural. on it. Yeah. Huh. Anyway, but interesting. Um, but but natural, like in the um, yeah. So I mean, I yeah. I, I mean, I try as much as possible with all beauty. La. <clears throat> nice siren. Love it. Even better than this thing. That, like, I should have just turned it quiet. Oh, yeah. you're so fine. Okay, it's not loud. You're literally so there fine. There we go. Okay, right. Really? Oh, good. I know. It was like... <laughs> I do you were really good, the, though. You were just like... Eh. I do the show now, and sometimes I put my phone under, and I'll be cooking, and I can hear like... And I'm like, don't get distracted. Um. Okay, we're almost done. No, no. Um. And so why is it important to you to get your kids in the kitchen and just eating well from like a young age? So when you get your kitchen... When you get your kids in the kitchen at a young age, it inspires them to be active participants versus passive participants. And so when, like, look at cooking like an art project. Kids love art projects, but this is an edible art project. Oh, so that's a very fun way to look at it. Totally. Cooking is very, like, it's very, like, fun. It's playful. It yeah. can be sensual. Um, so whether it's salt or measuring, it's math, it's physics, it's chemistry. So, you know, and the, the byproduct is that you get these, like, great eaters. So, I mean, for me, like my kids will basically eat everything. They're very different eaters, um, but they're you know they're they they they're proud of themselves. They think it's like cool to like food. Oh, I love that. It is cool to like food. Um, okay, and so we actually had some of our followers ask us some questions for you. Okay, so let's go to these. Um, what is your go-to weeknight meal and weekend meal? 
My weeknight meal is one potato, and it's generally something, like I said earlier, it's like a salmon bowl, a chicken burrito bowl. It's like something that has like really good sauces and like- Sounds so good. (laughs) It's some kind of like good protein. I like, I'm a person, I like to build flavor. So I that's, love that. Yeah. And then what's like your go-to like weekend meal if you have time? Um, I, I go out to eat once a week. So I we generally go sushi or we go something really exotic, Vietnamese, Thai, Ethiopian. We go like, I like to take my kids in Los Angeles and go somewhere they've never been, see people that they've never seen, tastes like, I think it's exposure and we live in like this incredible metropolis of incredible food. Um but that, but I mean, I'm sort of basic too. I'm like a roast chicken, sweet potato, good yeah. pasta. So good. Yeah. Um, okay. What is the easiest way to make a smoothie? I feel like it can be a lot of prep. What if I don't have time? So if you don't, I mean, keep it simple. Like I always say like buy the two or three ingredients you're working on. So like in your body. So I think that like all women should have um, collagen peptides, hair, skin, and oh, nails. You're so good. I Oh, every day. You're so good. But I need so, to get on that train. And it's, you're you're young. You don't have to worry about it yet. Soon. Um, So collagen peptides, hemp seeds or chia seeds, omega-3 fatty acids, brain food. Um, And then you can get like a great protein powder or a handful of nuts or seeds. But just like, I think that if you have like your basic few things, making smoothies is so easy if you have like one, two or three that are just like your go-tos. I agree. Yeah. Um, What is your favorite thing about the farmer's market? Everything. I, I I mean, I love Talk the farmer's, to us about the it, farmer's, the farmer's market. market is like church for me. It's so much fun. It's like I go there. It's my religion. I mean, there's, you know, it's the congregation. We're all together. You. And I mean, it's very like nerdy, but it's it's like I, I'm just like I jump out of bed on Sundays. Um, So I just like I love the seasons. I love seeing new foods. I love um, getting inspired. Like it's so cool. The colors, the vibrancy. I mean, there is nothing cooler than a farmer who has literally like spend two years like finding the perfect seed and planting it and growing it and I mean there's this guy named Alex Weiser and like last week I saw him and he was like oh my god you gotta come here he was like these radish sprouts like he's like chop and put them in salad and then you've got the radishes and thinly slice those and he was like isn't it amazing and I was like I, I you've blown my mind I can't not like it I like want to go to the farmer's market with you it's so I'm gonna cool. meet you on Sunday it's so cool that's so fun yeah I love that um and then last question from a follower how would you describe your favorite smoothie my favorite smoothie well I'm like a five-year-old it's sort of like sad I'm like but peanut butter it's chocolate a, yeah, yeah peanut butter chocolate vanilla I mean I do like berries I mean I like I appreciate and of course drink a green smoothie but I think that it's all about like I mean raspberries have more fiber cup for cup than any other fruit huh. so if you have bad digestion you can't go to the bathroom you should be eating your raspberries so like it's a you know a little of each but I'm, I'm like chocolate and berries together I love that it makes me really happy okay and the next is my favorite part of the podcast. It's our rapid fire questions. Okay, go. And I'm really bad at it because I'm supposed to, it's rapid, so I'm supposed to do it quickly, <laughs> but I have so much commentary. So, and also you're from LA and I like need to pick your brain after this on all your favorite restaurants. Okay. 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 So what is your go-to brunch spot in LA? My house. Love it. Favorite pizza toppings? Oh, definitely olives and anchovies. Tea or coffee? Decaf coffee or rooibos tea. Huh. Okay. What was the last text you sent? You're going to have to check your phone unless you remember it. Um, My last text that I sent was probably to my babysitter. Yep. Like, that's that it. Okay. <laughs> um, sneakers or heels? Heels. Okay. That is a very... Okay. 
I, I love oh my God, shoes. I can't wear heels. <gasps> really? I mean, I do, but it's like I just feel like I'd rather be in sneakers. No, I, I get the theory. I mean, sneakers is the easy way out. Heels is like... Well, sneakers I, are trendy right now, so you can wear them with a dress. Thank God. I know. Oh, it's full on. I Yes, 100%. I got to get on that train more. <laughs> okay. And what's your favorite TV show, but you don't really watch TV, so... Well, we're going to go with... I mean, uh, what we, what I binged, what I, I will say, like, The Crown was oh, pretty filling me. And, and, I love yeah, The Crown. And, um, and what's her name? Phoebe Waller. Uh, Phoebe Waller. Uh, yes. Uh yeah come on yes come on. no uh, I know exactly what you're talking the, about okay well but we're, loved, we're just gonna leave it we're gonna I leave it at that Phoebe Waller-Bridge Fleabag I could probably watch that like over and over again there's a, so there's much good TV right good now. TV right now do yeah. we do we call streaming TV yeah for okay. sure are just you kidding ask. of course the crown is like epic epic did you read I read that Meghan Markle's creating a new show called escaping the crown for vice look at you ahead of the, uh well, really yeah, I'm like still like technically a little part of Hollywood so I checked deadline here and there I appreciate that I, I really appreciate I that. I don't know how I feel about it okay um what is your biggest pet peeve people that don't help other people I love that um what time do you get up in the morning 6 30 I knew that one um what's your favorite emoji I, can I guess? I feel like it would be like a carrot. Well, sometimes I want it to be poop because <laughs> I just want everybody pooping regularly. Um, when I tell my daughter that, she's like, Mom, don't tell that to people, please. I love that. Um, okay, so we'll go with poop. And then lastly, what is your zodiac sign? I'm a Taurus. Ooh. Yeah, I'm very like, I'm very Taurus, like very focused, driven, passionate. Yeah. I love that. The well, bowl. I guess that's it for now. Thank you so much for being here. This was so fun. I'm like so excited that I finally got to sit down with you. Me too. And I'm just like going to, I love to keep going down the rabbit hole of what you're creating. Oh yeah. We're, we're going to go over that after this. <laughs> well, thanks guys. Thanks for tuning in. Well, that wraps up another episode of Spill the V. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Make sure to follow Queen Bee Life on Instagram and me at Lowstein for all your podcast updates and see you on the next one.